Church family, take your Bible and rise to your feet and go to 1 Timothy chapter 3. If you'll stand with me in 1 Timothy chapter 3, I'm going to read verses 14, 15, and ask you to read out loud with me verse 16. You'll find these on the screen or in your copy of God's Word. Again, thank you for coming. Uh, this is a good crowd for the last holiday day of the uh, season, and uh, grateful you're here. Next Sunday will be a big day as we gather most of our family back, and some of you are guests today again. I join uh, John in thanking you for coming and being here in this place. Uh, we set forward a theme that I'm going to be preaching this month, and then we'll be dipping into it all through the year that we want you to get in your mind, and we'll talk about that this morning as we set forth this message entitled, Church as Community, 1 Timothy chapter 3, and beginning in verse 14, I read, you follow along, we get to verse 16, I'll ask you to read aloud. Paul is writing to young Timothy, and Paul says, I am writing these things to you, to Timothy hoping to come to you before long. But in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the support of the truth. Now join me in verse 16. By common confession, great is the mystery of godliness, he who was revealed in the flesh was vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Father, I pray now that you would take my lips, speak a word to us all, and help us go forward together in this year ahead. We commit this time to you. And ask your Lord at the invitation, you would draw people under yourself, under the cross, and under the church. We ask for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Be seated, please. I did something at the end of the year I had never done before. I asked the pastoral team to get together bring me what they believed should be our thematic word for 2022. Uh, I have always done that and brought it to the table, but this year I put it on them. And they said, Pastor, we believe the need of the hour and where God is taking us is the word community, community. I took this text uh, and put it with it, and so our theme text for the year 1 Timothy 3.16, not John 3.16, but 1 Timothy 3 and verse 16. And our theme word is the word community. We have this common confession. That's where we get this commonality. That word you see in verse 16, by common confession, is two words in English. It is one word in the Greek New Testament. It is the word homo legeo. Two words put together like a nut screwed on the end of a bolt. The word homo, meaning one. Legeo, 
meaning word, one word, one confession, common confession. That is our community together as we speak forward and forth the gospel of the Lord Jesus. We must build church community. We must reach into our community around us, and we must be the community of faith as we gather and scatter in the year ahead of us. And so this morning, I'm going to simply give us an overview, and then for the next three weeks, I will take point one next week, point two the next week, and point three the next week, and dig into those just a little closer. But this morning, the message, church as community. Let me show you three emphases that Paul makes about community. First of all, it's what I call the conduct of the church community. Notice what he said to uh, young Timothy, I'm writing these things, I'm going to come to you before long is my hope, but just in case I'm delayed, in case I get to Atlanta and the flight is late, I'm going to write these things to you that you will know how one ought to conduct, there's our word, the conduct of the church community. Listen, There's a certain way you're supposed to act if you want a God's kids. There's a certain conduct that you are supposed to have. How do we conduct ourselves as a part of the household of God, a part of the living God's church? How should we conduct ourselves? We need to fly right. We need to walk straight. We need to be God's people in this whole chapter. Paul is writing, first of all, he writes to the pastor. In verses 1 through 7, he tells the preacher how to act. There's some preachers that need to straighten up and fly right. Then he speaks in verses 8 through 13 to the deacons. and tells the deacons to straighten up and fly right. And then verse 14, 15, he tells all of us that we ought to conduct ourselves in a certain manner. What's he say to the pastor? Well, we'll notice in verses 2 and 3 what he says to the overseer. That's our word. We get Presbyterian out of this word, the presbyteros, that oversees the episcopos. The word epi and scopus comes out of this word. To see over, to look over, to oversee. And we get that word. He says that overseer, he should be above reproach. Husband and one wife, he ought to have family in order. He ought to be temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable. He ought to be able to teach. He's not addicted to wine, and he's not, here's my favorite word about the pastor, he's not to be pugnacious. If you don't know what that means, I challenge you to go look it up this afternoon. Don't be pugnacious if you're going to be the pastor, but be gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. And then you skip down to verse 7, said he must have a good reputation with those outside the church so that he will not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So there's a certain way pastors are to conduct themselves. Then he says, the deacons likewise, your conduct be above reproach. Notice verse 8, they must be men of dignity. Not double-tongued. Don't speak out of both sides of your mouth. Don't uh, contradict yourself. Don't be a drunkard. Uh, Don't be selfish, fond of sordid gain. But hold the mystery of faith with a clear conscience. Be clean before God. You've got to be tested. Uh, Verse 13 says, those who have served well as deacons. uh, You must be a servant. You must serve. 
Our pastoral team needs to fly right. Deacon group needs to fly right. We, we're going to ordain five new men. You elected them. We have seven coming on that have never served here before. Five to be newly ordained. Two that have been deacons elsewhere. Come on, never served here. It's Thursday night. We'll meet with them. And then two weeks from Thursday, we'll uh, question them. And on the last Sunday night uh, of this uh, January month, we will pray over them and ordain them here if everything checks out as we believe that it will. Uh, those deacons are to fly right there to serve. Stephen was the first deacon. You find him in Acts 6. There were six qualifications, really six characteristics uh, of Stephen. In verse 5, it says he was full of faith and he was full of the Holy Ghost. Verse 8 says he was full of grace and he was full of power. Verse number 10 says he was filled with wisdom. I'm telling you, if every member of our staff, of every deacon, of every member of Olive Baptist Church be full of faith and the Holy Ghost, grace, power, and wisdom, we'd fly right. We'd, we'd walk straight. We'd be salt and light. There is a certain conduct in the church community, and Stephen lived it right to that. He was even evangelist when he died. They took off their garments to stone him. And when they were throwing the rocks to kill him at the end of Acts chapter 6, they laid their garments at the feet of Saul, who would later be the apostle Paul. And Stephen looked up and said, God, do not lay this. Old Father, don't lay this to their charge. He was forgiving as an evangelist even in death. I'm telling you, if we walked like that, we'd make an impact in our community. I believe when God struck Saul on that road to Damascus, he saw those coats. Said, what that old boy Stephen had, I need. And gave his life unto Christ. A certain conduct. I read an article that was first printed in the New York Times, and it was printed in another uh, publication where I read it. said they'd done a two-year study of America. And it said, the recent study shows that there is a rise in the meanness level of Americans the last two years. Well, what blind man didn't know that? Why did we have to spend money to study that? But they proved it statistically and experientially and, and through interviews. They just said the meanness level is growing in our culture. Uh, they said they saw it probably uh, in airlines more than anywhere because you are mandated to wear a mask. They told stories of uh, flight attendants having their teeth knocked out, people having to be duct tape to their seat to get control. It was amazing. They talked about the meanness level. Thank God they didn't interview the Baptist church. I was in a restaurant just the other night. What was lunch? I stepped inside and there was a man here and a lady walked up. He had his family around the table and they, she said, can I take your? They were very short-handed. The place was packed. He said, I don't want you. I want that guy over there. She said, and she walked off. She walked by the table. I said, you can take my order. I'm ready. I, it doesn't make me any difference. She kind of chuckled. I just thought, my soul. I thought of this article, the meanness level. 
You, you know, if we're not careful, we can bring that into the house of God. Demand my way, I want the way I want it. I don't want it. That's, you know, I hear that about other churches. I've never seen it here, but I've heard about that in other places. If we're not careful, the meanness level, right. Do you know, if, if we just learn to conduct ourselves full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, full of grace, full of the power of God, filled with wisdom like Stephen. God make community out of this place. I was with a friend driving. We were down the road and we stopped at a rest stop. We walked in and as we came out of the restroom, there was a man, he was a tall guy, he was about 6'5", I guess. He was way up here. He was cleaning the bathroom. As people came in and out. And then as I came out and we walked around, he was out picking up the trash from around the door and he was putting it in the barrel, cleaning everything. And he was gathering up the garbage, getting ready to take it out. And I just watched that old boy for a few minutes. He was just waiting on us. And then I felt it and I heard it. I, I, I got the Holy Ghost bump. I said, but Lord, I'm in a hurry. And he said, well, this take time to be a blessing and get blessed. So I reached my pocket and got a $100 bill that one of you had given me. I'm not this generous. I love to give your money away. I'm kind of tough giving my own. <laughs> Christmas Eve, I had three different people hand me $100. They just blessed somebody with this. And I just sensed the Lord. And I walked up to that old boy and, and I said, sir, do you, do you work for the state? And he said, well, no, I work for a company that is contracted by the state, and we clean the rest stops. I said, well, wonderful. I said, you're doing a great job today, by the way. And he said, well, thank you very much. I said, have you ever received a tip from any? He said, I've never received a tip from anybody coming in a rest stop. I said, well, the holy God of heaven sent me over here, and I pulled out a track, and and when I handed him, tried to hand it to him, he backed up and said, no. He said, no, uh I said, I said, you, no, I said, you listen to me. I said, the Holy Ghost sent me over here to love you, and I'm going to love you whether you let me or not. He laughed out loud. And I said, sir, I work for an elderly gentleman, blesses me. I said, this is not even my money. I, I'm just here because I believe the Lord sent me the put a smile on your face day in the middle of your work. And he took my tip. He thanked me profusely. Do, do you know, it just doesn't take much to be nice. Just let Jesus live through you. Now sometimes it's harder than others. Other times, amen. But just let the Spirit of God, we are to conduct ourselves above reproach in a certain way as Stephen was full of faith, the Holy Ghost, grace, power, and wisdom. And I'm telling you, if we'll walk like that and conduct ourselves, God will build community in this place. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. The conduct of the church committee. The secondly, there is in this text the construction, not only the conduct, but the construction of the church community. And notice it right here in verse 15, that how we ought to conduct ourselves in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the support of truth. 
These are construction items. He's talking about the household of God. He's building a house like you'd build this building. Then he says the pillars. They're pillars in this building. They're right back there, there, there. They're pillars there. You see these two pillars that go up back here? They're strong. I saw them when they put them in. And they hold up the roof. But they're not just pillars. There's also the support, the foundation. Those pillars rest on concrete. The construction of God's house is that we lift up the truth of God and we rest on the truth of God and He makes us the people of God as He constructs the living household of God. God's the architect. Acts is the blueprint. God is the builder. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God is the provider as he gives us everything that we need to be the house. And God is a resident where two or three are gathered in my name. There am I in the midst of them. And Peter says that every one of us, from the pastor to the deacon to the member to everybody, you are living stones. Don't be a dead rock. Be a living stone. Some of you never joined this church, and I give the invitation in just a minute. You need to walk right here and say, Pastor, today, today. Some of you need to reach over and say to your family, today's our day. We're, we're going. We're going to join today. Living stone. Some of you have never been saved, never been baptized like these three I baptized at the beginning of the service today. You, you've never said yes to Christ. Come and, and let him add you to this family. Living stone. Sometimes God subtracts stones as people move and go elsewhere. Some are translated into heaven. And then you come take your place as a living stone at a place called Olive. And it helps us as we construct church community as you are all God's made you to be in this place. There's the conduct of church community. Secondly, there's the construction. But then thirdly, verse 16 this is our verse for the year. There is the confession of church community. Now look at it right here. Verse 16, by common confession. Two English words, one Greek word, homo legeo. We put those two words together. Uh, the word homo means same. The word lego is not a children's toy. These are not legos. This is logos. That's the word word. Same word. We speak the same word. It's our common confession. That's our community. We're saying the same thing together. And then he gives us six characteristics, same or six truths, six confessions, if you will, of Jesus. This is the mystery of godliness. Now, most people who write about this verse believe that these six things constructed a hymn, a song that they would sing and recite in the church. And, and I have instructed Kate, Caitlin, young lady stands right here singing next to John, I, I, I have commissioned Caitlin to write us a song so we can sing this. And she hadn't done it yet. She's only commissioned this morning. And I told her, so we're starting this, and we're going to do it. And I said, somewhere through the year, we're going to sing that song. You're going to put it together for us. But we got to get the lyrics because we already have them. Now, 
there are three different, really four different ways that people believe they would sing this song. Some believe they would sing it antiphonally. They, they would say it, and then this group would say it. They'd say it, and then this group would say it. And then some believe that there are three stanzas. It's two by two by two. And then there are some that believe there were uh, two stanzas, three and then three. And then some believe that it was, and they're the correct one, where it was just each standing alone, stacking like stones. But however it was, I want you to memorize this verse. And so this morning, I want you to help me. So we're going to divide the church. After I preached about community, we're going to divide the church, all right? And we're going to divide it right down the middle, right here. And this is going to be group number one, and this is going to be group number Such an intelligent church. I mean, th this is group, and this is group. Now you're on it. All right, okay, here we go. Now, those six items are going to come up there. They're going to all be on the uh, side that, that you'll see there. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to first do it antiphonally. And, and so we'll, number one will say it, and then number two will say the same thing. So we'll go back and forth, revealing the flesh, revealing the flesh. Okay, you got it? Okay, are you ready? Group number one, say yes. Okay, here we go. And then group number two, you'll say the same thing they said, and we will just back and forth each other. This is a way that, that they would sing and repeat and learn the truths of God. So let's do it, Antiphonally. Here we go. Group number one, lead the way. He was. Oh, uh, wait, 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 wait. You've got to say it with gusto, with boom. Okay? You got it? Okay? Deacon on call, you got it? All right. Here we go. All right. Number one, he was. You're about to get it. Amen. So that's the way we do it. Back and forth. They would sing these songs. But then some believe that they did it two by two. So we'll do it like this. Group number one will give us the first two. Group number two will give us the next two. And then all of us together will give the last two. So two by two by two. Got it? You're such mathematicians. You can get it. Here we go. All right. Group number one, give me those first two. Amen. You're getting it. You're doing well. Now, group number one, it's three by three is the way some people believed it. All right, so here we go. Group number one, give me all three of those. Here we are. That's it. Now, let's all stand together. And don't leave me now because I'm not nearly done, okay? I'm getting close. 
But I believe there were times that the whole church came together and the pastor would lead them and say, what is it we believe is our common confession? And they would all together in unison say, one, two, three, four, five, six, these six things. And they would say it now, give it to me with some gusto like you really believe that these things are true about the Lord Jesus Christ. For he was what? Now listen, I want you to learn those. So the first one, he's revealed in the flesh. That's Christmas. We just came through that. That's incarnation. Vindicated in the Spirit. Jesus was baptized. There was a voice came from heaven. A dove came down and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He was seen of angels. You ever done the study how many times Jesus was seen by angels? We know he was seen at resurrection because the angel rolled the stone away and sat on the stone. Then we know that he was proclaimed among the nations. It was the commission he gave to tell the world the gospel. But then we know that he was believed on in the world because churches began to spring up everywhere. It's the great commission that we are to take across the street and around the world. And then he was taken up into glory on that ascension day. When we believe these six things, we are one together. Listen to me, church. We are one together. Because of whose we are. The church is about Jesus, 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 Jesus. That is who we are. There are rich people in this church. And there are poor people in this church. But Jesus died for all the same. There are people of every color that come to the church, but we're all loved by Jesus. There are people here with terminal degrees. I always love that phrase. It'll kill you to get one of them. And there are people here with very little education. There's everything in between. We are one together because of Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's our common confession. There are people here that can sing and those that shouldn't. But our confession is Jesus. There are those that can preach and those that teach and those that listen. We're all together one. There's young and there's old. We got a group of young people right now on their way to the Passion Conference. They met here this morning, loaded up, and took off. They did take off, didn't they? Somebody tell me they got out of here. Amen. They, they took off. They're young people in this church. They're old people. Old people. And there's everything in between. But what brings young and old and rich and poor and black and white and brown and yellow, educated, uneducated, articulate, what brings us all together is the common confession, homo legeo, speaking one word the same, Jesus. That's it. We even have things we like better than things we don't. And people have different desires. And, but when we come to Jesus, we all bow at the foot of the cross. He makes us one in confession. I don't know where the old story came from, but I've heard it years ago. And then I read it again this week. I think it came out of a Spurgeon book. That he had seen a church. The name of the church was on the church sign. 
And the church sign said, we preach Christ crucified. He said, glory to God. He said they didn't take care of things and the old vines began to grow up and you couldn't see the word crucified. It said, we preach Christ. It said another season went by and you couldn't see Christ crucified. All you could see was, we preach. <laughs> he said a couple more years he drove by and the only thing he could see was, we He said a couple of years after that, the church died. For if we cease to preach, we preach Christ crucified, and it's just all about thee, we, me. We're dead. It's about Jesus. And it's about all of us coming and bowing at his feet. And when that happens, we'll build community in this place. We will be one together. Now, if we were not in the season we're in right now at this time, I'd have you reach over and hold hands and we'd sing Kumbaya. I'd have you hug somebody or at least fist bump. and Then I'd say, if you're really in the spirit, give a holy kiss. It's in the book. And we love on one another. But I know the season we're in. You know, and all of that external really is just external. It's right here. My heart to your heart. Your heart to my heart. My heart to your heart. Your heart to my heart. See, when you're in common confession, you got my back and I got yours. You'll stand by my side and I'll stand by yours. You'll speak the truth. You'll receive it, and even when you disagree, you'll hug each other and walk together. There comes a time when doctrine will divide. People would not believe, but when people believe Jesus and what's in the Word of God and have a common confession, we must lay aside those peripheral differences and come together around the Christ so that there will be a community in this place. I'm going to invite you to come today and say yes to Christ. Some, he's died for you. Come, be saved. If you're here and ought to join the church, then come on this. What a great day to do it, the first Sunday of the year. Come, be a part. You say, well, I was like those. We had a young man after first came and said, Pastor, I need to do what those people are doing. I need to be baptized. And he made preparation. He's going to do that. Some of you just like him out of that balcony. Take your moment down these stairwells. Just come. A whole family of you. Come. Maybe just a couple. Maybe just one somebody you. God's calling you. Then you step out and come to the family and make your common confession that Jesus is Lord today. We receive you and say to you, welcome to this place of faith and as we go forward in the year ahead we will be community we'll go into community and we will expand the community of a place called olive i'm going to pray when i say amen you step out coming under christ and unto his church father thank you for your word thank you for the gospel thank you lord that you reach to save to the uttermost and i pray today people come Say yes to you. Make their confession. Be a part of this family. 
pray, Lord, you'd work in us unity all year long. Help us to be the people of God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing at Olive. I pray, oh God, help us be pillars and foundation stones of truth and add living stones to us today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.